Hello, and welcome to Alpha Omega, the middle part two. That's the worst title I think I could have come <laughs> up with. Uh, I'm your co-host, Caleb, and I'm here with Tim Farr. Hi. Tim, how does it feel to have someone else do the introduction? It's a little weird. Is it? I like it. Okay, good. Yeah. Glad you do. You, you, it was your idea for me to do it. <laughs> like three seconds ago. Yep. And I, <laughs> and I took two seconds, like almost all the time to go, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, but right on, man. So uh, we've got some, uh, some cool updates, I think, for uh, what's going on in our lives. I just think it's important for everyone to know Tim is working on music for the introductions <laughs> I, for the start of these podcasts, I think that's going to be great. I can't mm-hmm. wait to hear mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm hoping it has a system of a down vibe because that's what <laughs> I listened to on the way over. <laughs> All right. I can uh, work that in. Yeah. Try to see if you can. Uh, I don't know. I, I rediscovered system of a down today. And I was like, why did I not listen to them for so long? They are fantastic. They are. So, yeah, that was my, my drive over here was, was super aggressive music while I was creeping and crawling my way down manchester <laughs> that's always good for the road rage oh gosh yeah well, let me tell you and especially mr jack which is a very rageful song about yep. like police brutality <laughs> and i'm just like oh, man i am super aggressive coming in, coming in hot here <laughs> while you're drinking coffee i'm sure that was a great experience i will say i'm smarter this time last time my voice was starting to go mm-hmm. so i got like just water in here for now. I'm okay. holding off on the coffee until maybe later. So we'll I'm see. going full coffee. Good I, for you. This is my second cup. So I had my two. So I've been sleeping terribly. Have you? Yeah, I woke up on Thursday at about four in the morning. Oh. Yeah, and then I made the mistake. Well, I I decided okay, I'm I'm not gonna fall back asleep. I don't want to wake Kate up. Uh, Kate's my wife, and so I'm just gonna get up. So I go downstairs and I made the biggest mistake i could have made and got on my phone whoops and saw that the company i work for is having issues with uh, the state government and is looking to leave this state i'm like oh great nice i, I saw that and i was going to ask you about it um <laughs> yeah well you're teleworking so will it affect you yeah i'm sure it will because oh, cool i'm teleworking now but my job is going to be in that new building in clayton that they've built whoops yeah <laughs> Um, I might as well say I work for Centene. Um, yeah, because we're dancing around it, so I might as well just say it. I work for Centene. I'll be honest, I kind of get where the CEO, Michael Nydorf, is coming from because our state, it, it was voted on. The people said, expand Medicaid. That's what we want. And the state government's like, mm, it's not in our budget. But you should have put that in the budget because the state asked for it. Right. So, you might have to cut something else in there. I don't know what, but something. But nice. no, and so Nydorf, <laughs> you know, just he's been talking about Charlotte for a while. So I, I had a panic attack because, uh, yeah, yeah. My first thought is, uh, so I grew up. We moved a lot. My dad's job transferred us everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Oklahoma City. Then I moved to Pennsylvania, like in between Philadelphia and New York, uh, New York City. And then we moved to St. Louis, then to Dallas, then back to St. Louis. And so all of those were just moves from my dad's job. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I, I don't want to do that to my kids in the future. Right. That sounds awful. And, you know, Kate's like, let's just take it easy. We don't know the future. But I just had a full-blown anxiety attack oh, on Thursday, just worrying about that. But part of that, I'm sure, is the lack of sleep. So Probably. And then... You know, slept fine Friday. Today, woke up at four in the morning again. So oh, I'm like, oh, man. great. So I had to oh. wait 
wait till 6 a.m. to go to the grocery store because I always go to the grocery store super early. Really? Yeah, it's just I don't want the crowds. And now that makes sense. Yeah, and and you know I'm fully vaccinated. Me too. Yay, we're there. Yay. But and so is Kate. Um, but <laughs> like we're trying to protect people that we know are, are immune compromised in our family. Right. So I go to the grocery store today and it's six in the morning, but I'm still seeing a ton of people now without masks. So I'm kind of like, yep. All right. You know, it's it said at the Deerbergs, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. But in my head, I'm like, I know some of these people aren't fully vaccinated. 100%. So I was, so, I was like, ugh. all right, I'm going to keep my mask on. Um, but that's been my uh, thing at the gym is yeah. that they lifted their mask mandate, and mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, thank you, awesome. Yeah, uh. it's fr- oh yeah. Well, I went to the gym recently, and uh, I don't know if your gym has this, but do they give out like little disinfectant bottles and and towels for you to clean off machines if you use them or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, they put them in stations. Okay, well they have like little ones where I go to work out, like a small one that you can spray down, and then uh-huh. they give you a towel, and yep. then the used ones you just put in like just in these uh, bins because they're used and they have new ones for the next people most people grab one or they'll go to a station and clean off the machine yeah there was this one lady oh dear yeah she just she would go to a machine and then just walk away and not clean it off at all and me and this old guy would just go and clean it like (laughs) after she left just to be like decent people and like this old, and he was an older guy, uh-huh. and I, he just looked at her with such disdain. <laughs> like my and and she, I, I will say this: before the pandemic, you would still clean a machine after sitting on it. Yeah, you know, you just know to do that. That's how you get ringworm. That's my thought too. And I just I looked at this lady; she was in good shape. She had to have known that's proper etiquette. I just right. think she just doesn't care Ugh. just about anyone else, and wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, I'm like, ugh, come on. You're I, better than that. I have to clean everything because I sweat really badly. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Yeah, we're sweaty bros. We're sweaty bros. We're gym bros, man. Gym bros. Talking about our gym. We're talking about our workout <laughs> times at the gym. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about our, you know, calorie intake or something. I, I do count calories. You you and my wife both. No, uh, I got to. I'm yeah. trying to still lose weight and mm. bulk and stuff. So When you use the term bulk. Mm-hmm. Unless it's bulk shopping, I'm like, sup, bro? What's up, bro? Sup, bro? How you doing? <laughs> you know what gym is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. I'm not drunk. I just don't know why I slurred there. <laughs> still effects from the glass of wine I had last night, I guess. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you go. Two glasses. Whoa. Two. Two full glasses. Whoa, look out. Mm-hmm. Partier over here. Yeah, I, I will say I do enjoy my alcohol. Mm-hmm. But I I am starting to cut back more and more. So Yeah, I mean I stopped in January. I haven't had anything since January. How do you feel? Like do you feel physically better? Do you occasionally get like, oh, I really wish I could have a beer right now? Occasionally I like I miss the taste of scotch mm-hmm. or miss the taste of whiskey because it, you know, the flavors and stuff, but I feel so much more clear. Really? Like I don't well, I was also a heavy drinker. Let me okay. qualify that. Um, especially in 19 and 20. Like, we're talking two to three glasses of whiskey. Mm. Uh, quite a bit. How Like, two to three glasses a night? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's not, pretty, pretty not, crazy. Not getting drunk either. Yeah. Because my alcohol tolerance is crazy high. 
Um, the third glass would get me sometimes, depending on what I ate and sure. water intake and blah, 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 blah. So I was a heavy drinker for a while, but now I feel like that fog is lifted. Good. I don't feel sluggish anymore. I feel healthy. Um, so, yeah, I just feel better. Good. Yeah. Well, like, Kate and I last year decided to do Sober October together. Ooh. And I think it was a good sign for us because we went, I mean, excuse me, we cheated, though, on the first day of October because <laughs> it was technically our mini moon, like, where we just, we went to Washington, Missouri, went to a winery and got a cute hotel room and just stayed out there for the night. So right. we had, like, a couple glasses of wine then. But then for the rest of the month, and even I think for a few days in November, we didn't drink anything at all. And I remember just feeling no difference. Really? Yeah. I was hmm. like, I think that's a good sign for us that, like, we didn't really have, like, super cravings to have any drinks. We're like, no, nah, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. And there weren't any, like, physical side effects. So it's like, okay, I think we're physically in a good place to go a month without alcohol and not feel that right so no I, I i concur i lost a ton of weight uh just stopped drinking mm -hmm. so that's part of it too yeah um that and my health was kind of shady in october really so yeah that's when i went to the hospital and all that jazz and my cholesterol was high and alcohol can contribute to that as mm -hmm. well and anxiety issues and alcohol can contribute to that yeah as for well sure. yeah so, in January, I just decided to cut it all out, and then from January to even March, I lost, like, 20 pounds. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh. I'm down 40 pounds from October. Good grief, man. You're doing awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I'm getting my size back. <laughs> um, <laughs> that figure? My figure, my girlish figure. Mm. I'm such a stocky, short person. I can pack on muscle like crazy, and, um, you know, it's nice to get my size back. To get in hockey shape, basically. Nice. I feel like if you got super ripped, you would be built like a block. Probably. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make, we're, we're going to, uh, Tim and I are going to talk wrestling in a future podcast, <laughs> but I feel like if you got ripped, you would look like Taz in his prime. Probably. Yeah. I'm built like him. I'm not talking WWE Taz, where he was like trying to get gassed up and get a little too bigger and he just <laughs> got too big. I'm talking about ECW Prime Taz. Look like a sawed-off monster. Yep, you would be that guy, blocked off. Just that would be you. Yeah, you, it, you have like thicker thighs too, right? This is weird to talk about your thighs, Ooh. but I'm gonna ask. <laughs> I'm kind of turned on. Yeah, no. Uh, I do, and my calves are ginormous. I have tree trunk legs. Do you remember? So this is this is a while back. I'm pretty sure you remember this, but when you grabbed my thigh while we were praying, yes, yes. <laughs> and you could not keep it together. <laughs> and it was great because most people didn't realize what was happening except for <laughs> you, me, Netzer saw it. It just uh -huh. kind of laughed like, all right, it's Caleb being weird. Um, and maybe one other person, but everyone else was like, what was happening? And you're like, Caleb just grabbed my thigh mid prayer uh -huh. and was just uh -huh. rubbing my thigh. <laughs> it's like, yes, well, I did that. I'm ticklish there. Oh, my inner thigh. Okay. So. <laughs> I do remember you like slightly changing the topic in the prayer and, and Lord, let us just, and I like shifted my hand a little bit and you went, please <laughs> let us have a good time here. You know, it's like, <laughs> you, but the funny thing was back in college, <laughs> Sorry, this is a total change of subjects. Yeah, it's all fine. Yeah, uh, but there was this time where, um, it, it, not this time, I think my entire time in college, <laughs> it, whether it was chapel or in class, like in our classes, they would have a prayer before class because it's a 
Bible University, so they're going to do that. Um, and, of course, they would pray in chapel. But whoever I was sitting around, <laughs> if they had a prayer request or not, I would just lay my hand on them <laughs> as if they did. <laughs> and then it got to the point where everyone around would join in and do that. So, like, people were like, oh, you know, that person had a prayer request today. And they were like, no, Caleb's just doing this to, you know, amuse himself in chapel. I would expect nothing less. It was so much fun. Like, because we had to go to chapel three, four days a week. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It was tough because, you know, you're, we weren't partying the way college kids do. Our no. partying was staying up and playing Xbox. Right. Yeah, that was it. We we didn't drink. We didn't do drugs. Um, we weren't having, you know, crazy sex parties or anything. We literally were just a group of dudes, you know, binging, you know, Smallville or something like that. That was nothing that cool. Right. So we had to kind of make things more fun for ourselves. And chapel was not fun. So one thing that we used to kind of do for fun, too, was if the speaker used to start a song lyric, what we would do is we would finish the lyric, and you would just then hear our entire row start giggling. Like, for example, the one I would hear all the time, like a speak certain speakers, when they're preaching a sermon, they will use the same um, you know, inflections, they'll use the same sayings over and over and over again. So some came up a lot. One of my favorites was, because it's so random, they would go, here I am. And then I would go, rock you like a her. <laughs> I don't want to say the rest of the lyrics. Sorry, I don't want to get us in trouble. But like that, or like the Brady Bunch song, someone would go, here's the story go, of a man. Mm. And just keep going with that over and over oh, for all these different hilarious. ones. And the entire row would just go, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yep, we're still doing this thing. Four years later, we did it. So <laughs> We only had to do chapel once a week. Uh, but That's it was, reasonable. But it was also uh, a grade point average. So, like, if you didn't go to chapel enough times, it would take a point away from your GPA. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like Southwestern was more strict. Like, something worse would happen. <laughs> like, you'd flunk the year or something. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I only went my freshman year, mm. and then I stopped going. Because they were awful. They right. were just awful. It was never anything beneficial. It was just... Like the bells, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go on my day off to go to chapel because it was on Thursday, mm. and sometimes I, I only went like Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday. I was like, I'm not gonna go up there at noon to go watch bells. I'm sorry. Oh, people playing bells. That's Play, what you meant. Yes, I did not know what that's what you meant. I was like, bells. We got to get to this. What does this even mean? <laughs> the oh bells. my god, there was literally li- like the yes. things little kids do, children's services. Where, like, a pastor will point to who needs to play what bell. bell. That's great. Yeah, I think it was, like, a like choir, but bells, and you can actually get, like, a scholarship in my co- Yeah. <laughs> MOBAP, MOBAP threw scholarships, like, out the window like crazy. If you did wow. anything, you could get a scholarship there. Like, I knew a chick that had a full ride bowling. Bowling. Who the okay. hell bowls now? Okay competitively good for them good for them good for the i i think that's a great thing that they put out that many scholarships uh just because i think college is completely overpriced yeah so uh you know john mulaney uh yes have you heard his yes yes he's got a great bit about where uh his old university asked him for money and they were he's like i was paying you a hundred (laughs) thousand dollars a year and you've got the audacity to ask me for more (laughs) what did you do with that money so, yeah, I think that any university that is just throwing out scholarships, good for them. That's, I think, way better. Yeah. 
way better than gouging people for money. Oh, for sure. For sure. And now they have a football team that I think has won two games since it's been existed. It's great. Hey, if they get scholarships for it, good for those kids. Uh, yep, absolutely. So I, I'm all about lowering the cost of college because I know one day sure. Kate and I, if we, you know, if we have kids, which I hope we do, if, if we don't, we got to pay probably for some higher education in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going up in price. Yep. It keeps going up. So I'm like, all right, I'm hoping for a girl. Because a girl's golf scholarship is kind of easier to get. <laughs> so that's what I'm hoping for. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Hopes and dreams. Yeah. If I got a boy, hey, go bowl. Dude, Mobap. You go to Mobap and bowl. <laughs> go for it, man. I don't care. Uh, yeah. My my student debt is worth more than what I owe on my house. I, I got my, let's see, mine were paid off, what, two years ago, I guess? Oh, good for you. Thanks. Yeah. It was, uh... It could have been worse. <laughs> it really could have been, mm-hmm. but I'm just glad that's done with because it was—it's just one less debt that I have. Uh, I mean, luckily my parents are funding the bill because they did that with my sister. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, uh, but also went to college three times, so yeah, you know, right, it's fine. Yeah, it takes time sometimes for people to figure out what they want to do, and oh, it wasn't that at all. Sometimes it takes people a little time to focus. You know, nope, wasn't that at all. Sometimes. <laughs> I can think of someone's excuse. Right now, I can't. So uh, I had to go back to college because of my work contract. I was a student worker. So as long as I went to college, I could have a job. Mm. And it was part of this program, broken program that the federal government did, where as long as you were a student, you could be hired on. Unless you got into another program, then once you graduated, you could have full-time federal employment. Mm. Uh, and so the first time... I went to college when I got my Bible degree. I graduated and said deuces to the federal government. I'm like, I don't want to do this ever again. Um, and I became a pastor. Well, then forced to resign. Didn't have a job for a while. And I was like, well, crap. I can just go back to school and get my old job back. So that's what I did. Got divorced. Still was in school. <laughs> had a house. It's tough. Had a house. And I'm like, cool. Uh, hopefully this works out for me. How old were you when you got the house? Uh, ten years ago, it was twenty-seven. Wow. Okay. I've been here for ten years. That's great. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that because I do remember coming over here one time early on mm-hmm. uh, with Netzer and mm-hmm. I think Michael Sheets. Like yep. the three of us came over. I was like, "Oh, cool. Tim has a house. I live in a crappy apartment. This is nice. Good for him." It was a complete luck of the draw. I mean, this house was a foreclosure. It was under a hundred k. I was married at the time. Mm. Uh, we were both making good money because we both worked for the government. Well, I was making way less money, and she was making the majority of the money. So when she left, I had to maintain my college status because I was still under that <laughs> contract. So I ended up graduating with my second bachelor's before I got into the program to become a permanent employee. So then I went for my master's, and then when I graduated with my master's, I became a permanent federal That's employee. That's impressive. That's, I mean, it's a circuitous route, but it's... That's I mean, dumb. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, hey, mine was crazy. I mean, going from where I went, uh, you know, in Texas, then I decided to go to Second City in Chicago. Yeah. No one was doing that at all. I mean, people were, I know, very concerned and thinking I was some sort of bad person now because I wanted to experience improv, but I just kind of realized the therapeutic outlet that you get from doing comedy, so... 
Heck yeah. yeah. And I learned that actually in college. Doing sketch comedy there led me to want to do it as an outlet when I got out of college. Right. I found ske- or I found improv out at this place called Four Day Weekend in Fort Worth. If you ever go there, it's fantastic. It's some of the best uh, sketch and, and improv that I've ever seen. They're great guys and gals down there. Uh, that then led me to go to Chicago. So, And I really feel like I found myself more living in Chicago. So. Yeah, and I always found when I was teaching, uh, especially teenagers, uh, that's a lot of improv. You're herding cats, so you have to be quick on your feet, especially when you get to like that left field question that you just have to like come up with something to kind of satisfy them. So I felt like that was a lot of improv, and that's where I kind of got my muscles from. Yeah, uh, was teaching forever. Um, I also took classes in high school with drama and improv and sketch and stuff and doing all the stupid stuff in the youth group when i was a teenager with our little stupid videos that we made it is interesting that i feel like both of our youth pastors probably recognized that we needed something like that Mm -hmm. i i I wish i could have asked matt this um i didn't get the chance to but i really wish i could have asked them did you just think i needed that because i did I needed something like that at that point. Well, it's also just a testament to who they are. They're both really into sketch comedy and the SNL thing and, you know, that stupid bit. I mean, it's fascinating that we, these two best friends, Alf and Matt, and how we did similar crap in our youth groups. And it's just fascinating to me. Like, we had stupid videos that we did. Yeah. And it's just fascinating. It is. It really is. um, For sure. I mean... Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional talking about Matt. It's uh, it's not been something that I've wanted to talk too much about, but it's interesting. Kate and I were talking yesterday about maybe going to a church somewhere when we would feel comfortable going someplace in person because we just right. don't feel like that yet. But we were talking about that and just different things we would want in a church and, and things like that. And she said, I thought it was kind of interesting. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm re- I really think it's great how much your nieces – who are uh, 19 and 17 right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, they like going to church. I think that's great. I was. She's like, when I was their age, I didn't like it. And yeah. my wife grew up Catholic, where youth programs are slightly different. They're not quite as intense sometimes, and, and maybe some teenagers need that intensity. Yeah. Um, and I think Kate might have probably enjoyed that a little more when she was younger. And, and she's like, and you even did. And I said, I mean, I attribute that to Matt, because I didn't have the best youth pastors until Matt came along. And it's funny, we were sitting in line at Cane's to get some, (laughs) get some chicken strips. Yeah. That was our big Friday date night. It was was Cane's. Look at you going all out. I know Cane's (laughs) wine and, and, HGTV. That was our all dalting man. It's our it's our eat pray love. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we uh, you know we were talking about that, and I found myself getting emotional just talking about mm. that. And I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna cry in a Cane's chicken. <laughs> what better lot. place to cry in a Cane's chicken? And I feel like Netzer, you know, would be looking down, just going like, "That's pretty funny." He would have been giggling, I'm sure, and teasing me a little oh, bit about it for sure. So yeah, I. I I doubt I will ever go back to a church, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just done. I'm, I'm done because a lot of the churches that I've been involved with and even ones that I've gone to, it got too political. And we've talked about it in the other shows, so listen to all my rants and raves about that. Right. But I, I'm just done. So I'm probably just going to do my own group here eventually. Well, yeah, whenever you do that, let us know. 
we'll join. For sure. Let's just announce it on the podcast. <laughs> well, it's probably going to be Sundays. I'm working on some things. I'm waiting for one thing to really happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to be going that way. And so it'll probably be like Sunday evenings that we do something here. That'd be great. I don't know if it'll be like once a week or if it's every other week or I don't know. Yeah, we would totally join. I mean, one thing that we would like, I think, is something along those lines. And Mm -hmm. and Kate would definitely enjoy that as well. She would feel she she you know what? Why am I talking about for my wife? I should not be doing that. (laughs) She is a grown woman. She can do that herself. We need to have her on the show. She would not like it at all. Okay, I've mentioned to it before, and she just went like, mm, like just didn't seem like she would enjoy it. I said we can talk about a murder. You love murder podcasts. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> she just was not for that. Okay, that's but fair. She says she is going to be listening to ours uh, once she gets through some sort of murder podcast that's <laughs> out there now. She's obsessed with them. Oh, perfect. I walk downstairs because she works in the, the living room on the first floor, and I work in one of the spare bedrooms upstairs. Okay. I'll walk downstairs to like get more water or something like that, and I'll just hear these gruesome details. <laughs> and then she wonders why she has these awful nightmares about axe murderers chasing after her or uh, something. I'm like, well, yeah, because you're, talk- you're taking that in all the time, girl. <laughs> I've always wanted to do one of the reenactments, be one of those people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like on Netflix or something like yeah. that. Yeah the, yeah, yeah. the cheesy actors who have no clue how to act. Yeah. yeah. I always watch those people, and I'm like, how did they get work? Like, good for them. I hope they got a paycheck for it. But, I've, no. I've also wondered if any of anyone who's gotten famous from doing, like, unsolved mysteries, like the reenactments mm. or something. That's a good Google search. I'll bet someone has. Maybe. Like Bradley Cooper did an episode <laughs> of Rescue 911 or something like that. Something, you know, you know because you, you, that's a choice. Yeah, it is. Well, so many actors take everything. Of, the, yeah, you take whatever you can get because you, A, want to add to your demo reel. You want to pay the bills. I mean, the pay is typically not the greatest. No. But you're also trying to meet as many people as possible as well. So it's, it's yeah, you would take that job. They would probably be like, is it porn? No. Okay, I'll do it. Because <laughs> they that's probably the one standard they have is not doing that. That's or true. nudity or something along those lines. We should do a reenactment and put up Porn? On the, yes. No. <laughs> no. I'm not saying at all. No. I'm saying no, actually, when normally I say yes constantly. <laughs> I meant like an unsolved mystery. Like, oh. start researching a murder and reenact it. I feel like that would get really bad. It would be yeah. a terrible video. Yep. I might be for it. it exactly. I just don't want to edit. <laughs> I can do a little bit of editing. I, I did it for all the updog stuff back in the day, but I don't want to do it again. That was my least favorite part. Well, now it's so easy because you're not dealing with a VHS tape. That's true. We did have software, though. Uh, Netzer. Oh, God I remember bless that. him. Yeah, he got some software oh, for God. it. Which I still think is so funny, thinking back on, like, man, that was part of your budget at some <laughs> point. <laughs> I've edited a couple of videos I've never put yeah. anywhere just because they're garbage. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you learn from that stuff. You do. So, like, I think I remember doing a video in Chicago. It was a fun premise, and it didn't work. We wanted to do, like, a real-life game show called Date, Do, or Die. Okay. It was someone literally picking between three people. <laughs> And, like, it was a funny premise. We just didn't pull it off. That could have just been, like, okay, we didn't have the right idea for it or mm-hmm. whatever. But, um, it you know, failure <laughs> teaches you stuff. So It does. It does. But yeah. I would love to do something like that. It would be fun. But, 
It's also time at this point. I know. Adulting sucks. Yeah. Like, whenever I hear, I love my nieces, and I always like hearing them talk about stuff because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I talked like that at one point. Crap. Now I'm that person. Uh I'd never tried to tell them when I was your age I did that same. I don't want to do that because they don't want to hear that at all. No. I'm just their old weird uncle, (laughs) you know, so they're just like, tell us funny stories. We don't really want you to, you know, tell us anything about us. So. (laughs) Teenagers, man. Yeah, and they're great. I love them for that. They know everything, but also know nothing at the same time. Yeah, like one of my nieces is a bit of a know-it-all. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, you know, I I, I remember when I had hopes and dreams too. I, it's more, it's more <laughs> like, um, oh, the things you'll learn, child. <laughs> oh, my sweet summer child. To quote Game of Thrones. I'm too jaded for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, or it's like I, you know, yeah, I. I a little pat on the head. <laughs> you know what I realized today? Not today, sorry. Uh, I think it was this week I realized in my life now, I will probably have more friends die than I will make new friends at oh. this point. Well, that's sad. And it was sobering because I realized, okay, a few people I know that I was friends with have passed this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, like, how many new friends have I made this year? Not many. No. Not well, many. it's been, to be fair. It's been really hard because of COVID. So to be fair. That's true. That's true. I mean, even last year, I include yeah. that. The same thing happened last year. So I'm like, am I just getting to that age, my mid-30s now, where that's going to be the norm? Probably. Because several people I've gone to college with have died from various oh. things. Like one guy, he had done a lot of drugs before he went to college. Mm. And, you know, he, he cleaned his act up and was doing well. He was like teaching at a university, um, working on his Ph.D., Died of a heart attack in his early 40s. It was bad. And then another guy, it's funny, not funny, that's the wrong (laughs) word. I hate when people say, you know what's funny? Tsunamis. No, that's not funny, dipwad. It's terrible. It's funny. You know what's funny? You know, like genocide. No, it's not, you stupid. Don't, that equation never works for me. I'm going to call myself out every time I say it like that. (laughs) But uh, um, myself and three other guys we were all ras and two of them have passed Jeez. in the past like five years i guess the the second one the first guy he was an ra and then the second one he died of a drug overdose Gosh. and he was one of the smartest guys i knew mm. brilliant both of these guys were that passed were brilliant guys and the second one who passed actually worked on an internship with josh mcdowell wow and would do all of the research for Josh because Josh was, a, I think, a former attorney. I want to say, and he, the way he wrote and did apologetics was very attorney-like. It was here okay. is all of these facts you have. We will cite them where they come from, and here's how it applies. Like it was very much like a, almost um, reading court documents. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, this is dull, but I guess it'll lull you to sleep. But good, <laughs> good. But, but good. Brand, uh, sorry, I'm, I'll just say his first name, Brandon. I can say his last name. He's passed. He was a great guy. Brandon Hester, really a good dude. Um, he apparently, I think after he graduated, he got hooked on some sort of drugs. Uh. And the, what a mutual friend told me was he would break it down. And this is him showing his intelligence here. But he's like, well, I can take this much and I'm fine. And then it started to get to meth. Oh. You can't mess with that. No. So he started no. taking meth. And then he would say, well, I can take this much. I'd be all right. And then he got to that. He kept upping it yep. and then went into rehab, mm. got cleaned up. I think he had been through rehab a couple times, got out, 
and then he went back to like a, an older dose, and his mm. body had just gone down so much that he took it, and then he OD'd. Oh, jeez. So, uh, sorry, super morbid, and I really wanted to be in a good mood today. <laughs> I'm attributing this to the lack of sleep, folks. That's all Very good. sorry. That's so. all good. Uh, I, I, yeah, I haven't made new friends either. Um, I've gotten my older friends closer. Yeah. It's really what I've been doing in my mid thirties is the people that have been around for mm. years and years and years. I've been just pulling in closer uh, instead of making new friends because people suck. They do. Do you feel like that's com- like you've lived in this area your whole life though, right? Most of it. Yeah. Like, wait, so when did you move here? So it's not that I grew up here mm-hmm. and then moved to St. Charles and moved to Dallas and back here. Okay. Gotcha. So I've lived here my whole life. Okay. Most of it. Most of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, moving around so much so many of my friends are spread out all over the place right like i have friends in texas i have friends in chicago i have friends in pennsylvania people who've gone out to california and new york and it's like hmm my friend circle in st louis is kind of small really and yeah there's a few like you definitely have gotten closer to um and some others but man so many of them uh, like you know, keep the Facebook chat group going because that's about the only time I'm going to be able to to connect uh, with them that right. way. So, well, a lot of my friends are around here. Some have moved away, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, a lot of my friends are just here. I actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't really have any friends from high school left. It, it was more of church or extracurricular activities, or and I don't have many friends from college either. Yeah. Did. I'm not going to say this person's name. Someone I went to school with and church with was just um, arrested for second-degree murder. Oh, good. Yeah. You probably know this person. And I'm not going to say that person's name on here. um, But that, for me, was another very sobering moment, too, where I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. I did not expect that today. It's been an interesting week. <laughs> Sounds like it. Jeez. And you know what? It's okay, folks. I'm going to change subjects here okay. because I want it to be a little more positive. All right. My wife and I were about to book our very late honeymoon, mm-hmm. and we are looking now at the at a Chris Crindle Mart uh, Christmas market tour in Germany and Austria. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not the biggest Christmas fan, but it'd be. <laughs> I I can't wait. It's been something that has made me very excited and happy this week is just seeing all these Christmas markets. We would fly into Frankfurt, Germany. Then we would go to Nuremberg for a day, this town called Regensburg, which is kind of small. Then to Vienna for two days. Vienna looks gorgeous. They have all these different palaces and all these different markets to shop in. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, Salzburg for a day. Munich for two days. Wow. One day that we're in Munich, we would go to Neuschwanstein Castle, which is the castle that uh, the, the Walt Disney Castle is based off of. Okay, okay. Uh, it looks incredible. It's kind of touristy, but I feel like it'd be kind of fun to just see this, you know, market uh, architecture. Yes. Architectural <laughs> wonder. Oh, my God. Sleep depravity, folks. Uh, after the two days in Munich, we would then go to Heidelberg, Germany, and then Frankfurt and back home. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, and like it's reasonably priced as well. Good, and it's like self-guided. So Mm -hmm. it would just what this company does is they help you get 
really good hotel prices, uh, cha- uh, trains. I cannot talk. I just said chains. Train tickets uh, <laughs> to all these different towns. Uh, and then like a few guided tours, like the one we talked about for, for Munich. They also was, there was a sound of music tour hmm. for Salzburg. I don't think we would do that one. Okay. Uh, just cause Kate and I just kind of like to explore different places. We just like to walk around and, right. and see them. And, and Salzburg looks like a town you could do that in. That's awesome. Yeah. That so sounds that, incredible. Yeah. And it's under, I mean, we would have to book our own flights, but it's under, think under 1700 each wow that's not bad at all yeah so be a great late honeymoon yeah absolutely that sounds awesome yeah so that's been a positive that's been happening for me yeah this past week well good yeah fantastic thanks what about you, you got anything fun going on i don't know about fun it's been an interesting week okay yeah you, you, when i came in you told me some interesting stuff was happening yeah it, uh uh one of my friends totaled his car um and his he, fault or not yeah or, yeah it was and he, he all right yeah he's perfectly fine good uh the car is probably not uh so he's borrowing frank my crown vic yeah so that kind of was a part of the week uh i woke up sunday morning and my computer had just imploded on itself your work computer this computer that we're recording on is so you've been looking over there constantly and i've like is everything all right? Do I sound okay? No. Uh, I'll get to that. <laughs> I don't sound okay? No, you sound great. Thank you. And this podcast may sound like garbage. I'm not there yet. Hmm. Uh, so I wake up Sunday morning, and my computer just imploded on itself. Uh, and so I was like, huh, that's interesting. So I go through all the things that I know how to do, and Windows just won't install back on my hard drives. Cool. Uh, so I take it up to a shop. And they just were like, well, it's probably the motherboard died. Cool. So I buy a new motherboard, replace it, put the chip back in it, do all that, put in all the hard drives back into my computer again. Still won't work. Cool. So I take it back up to the shop. and it's like, I have no idea what's going on with this computer. And I'm c- computer savvy. And I'm like, I did this, 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 that, all the things. And they're like, wow, that's impressive that you did more than we would do. I'm like, cool. Still broken. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the compliment. It got me nowhere, but okay. Cool. Uh, so I, I checked it into the shop. And this was Tuesday of this week. Uh, Tuesday of this. So they said they wouldn't look at it until Friday. Yeah. Uh, so I called them Friday. And I was like, hey, what's the deal? And it's like, oh, we're not going to look at it for in the next five to seven days. I'm uh, like, I need this. Com- this The computer is my life. Yeah. I do everything on my computer. Uh, I watch TV on my computer. I don't watch it upstairs because I let my roommates have basically the upstairs. I'm down here all the time. Not to mention the podcast and all the other work I do on this computer. So I go up to the shop and I was like, I just want a refund for the thing that I purchased because I will figure it out myself. Yeah. So the clerk then works with me and we eventually get Windows on the computer. This is Friday night. Yesterday. Wow. Friday night. I did not know you were going through all this, man. Yep. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Friday night, I get back home with the computer. Windows is now installed. My uh, hard drives still don't work. None of them work. Mm. Uh, so literally today, I went back to the shop, got another hard drive, installed it in. Now I got Windows, and I have to reinstall everything. So today, literally, before you got here, I'm installing all the crap so we can do this Wow. <laughs> 
That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Can so you imagine good. if someone like a big podcast like Joe Rogan's podcast or something had that kind of issue? Uh, he would hire someone or just buy a new computer. That's true. Right. He could buy a new one. I mean, he's got that kind of bank to do that. Which essentially I basically did. Wow. Yeah. So that's been my way. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Life is good. I, I had the money. I didn't want to spend the money, but I have it. I have an emergency fund for this crap. I mean, whatever. How, wait, how's your uh, Bitcoin? Then the internet Bitcoin. Doge. Do, do, Doge coin. Is that what it's called? Yep. How's that doing? Oh, it imploded. It's awesome. <laughs> it imploded? Yeah. So uh, the cryptocurrency, all cryptocurrency imploded because China has been like regulating it or said it's not good. So then it ex- just imploded. So like Bitcoin is the top one. And April, it was worth, one coin was worth $57,000. It dropped all the way down to thirty. Thirty dollars or thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Wow. So it lost twenty-seven thousand in wow. a matter of days. Yeah. Gosh. And Dogecoin at its peak was seventy cents per one coin. It's down to like thirty, so I'm actually still up because I bought it at twenty-five cents. Okay. So I'm hoping that it just goes back up again. I mean, it's stock market. Yeah. You only invest what you can afford to lose. Sure. Because in a minute, you could lose it all. I'm just trying to win that lotto, man. Yeah, right. How else am I going to win $438 million? <laughs> I'm not Mike Trout. I'm not LeBron James. I'm not going to sign these big contracts. I'm going to go. I'm going for broke, man. Going for broke. Oh, man. All or nothing. You're not really broke. Because it's no, like no, $2 it's... for a Powerball ticket. The last time I bought Powerball was when it was at $1.5 or something. I was like, eh, might as well. I skipped that one. I remember. It's, uh, I think I was living in Chicago, and it got to like $2 billion there. Mm-hmm. And I needed milk. I was out of milk. <laughs> so I stopped at the 7-Eleven on Diversity in Sheffield. I remember that. And I went in there, and I'm like, oh, this stupid line. So I wait in line with, for my milk. I'm holding on to it. And I'm a good 15 deep. And all of these, like, 20-somethings are buying that lotto ticket. Yep. I yep. get there with my milk, and the guy's like, do you want a lottery ticket? And I'm like, no. I just want milk, and I want to go home. I was so mad. I just wanted to get home. I think it was raining or something, so oh, I was okay. ticked to be walking in the rain or something. But I was like, come on. No, I just want my milk, I want, I want to go home. Oh, uh, that's funny. I remember that vividly. And so, yeah, that's been my week between my friend having a car accident and then me having to rebuild my computer so we could do a show. And then I have another podcast that I'm recording on Monday. So I'm like, cool. What's that one? I'm bringing in a guest. Uh, he's a friend of mine. Uh so it's going to be awesome. Wait, wait. So you guys are going to just do a third one. You got this one. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Alpha and Omega, the original. Mm-hmm. We're Alpha Omega 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh-huh. That one's going to be. So I already had a second show oh, okay. that I hardly did anything with. And I called it Tim Talks because I am an original person and not ripping off of TED Talks at all. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And it, it, the premise was to be like me doing like a Bible study or me interviewing someone. So yeah. that's basically what I'm doing with this person. So you're interviewing them. Yeah, nice. basically. Who is it? A Chris Broughton. You have no idea who that is no. because it's a friend of mine. Oh. Uh, I knew his daughter more than I've known him, but I got to know him through his daughter. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy. And he has an interesting story to tell. One of those people that got burned by the church, and we'll talk about it. So, gotcha. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. I wonder if, I mean, I feel like unless you become part of a cult, 
No. Well, sure. They get burned too, though. When you get burned in a cult, it's sometimes mm-hmm. legit branding. So or death. Yeah, there's that. I'm just thinking about that one uh, cult that branded people. Good God. Um, I only uh, think of the two: the comet people that committed suicide because Haley's comet or whatever was coming, and the thought it was a spaceship. Right. And then Jim Jones, of course. Yeah. There, well, there was this one cult. Uh, and I can't remember what they're called. There was an HBO documentary. Someone is listening to this right now going, it's this one. It's their, their, uh, was it Nexium? I have no idea. I want to call them Nexium. <laughs> I could be totally off. I don't care. So Nexium decided uh, to like, it was like a sex cult and they started branding uh, people. Like it, not people. I believe it was the women. Is this branded. the one where the Smallville chick? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Alice and Mack. Yeah. Yeah. So they started doing it and then, People didn't realize what they were, the women didn't realize what they were being branded as. And it was literally the initials of the guy. Mm, it was gross. like, oh, come on. So really sad stuff. But yeah, that's cults in general. It's almost always really sad. But I feel like they, uh, I was going to say, people get burned in churches unless you are a part of like the established leadership there. And I'm not even talking about the pastors. I'm talking about like board members. When you're the people doing the hurt. Yeah, and oftentimes I think it comes, and sometimes it does come from clergy. It does come from the pastors. I mean, we, we can talk about abuse claims and, and abuse, not claims, that's the wrong thing to say. Allegations? Well, I wouldn't even say allegations. Times where it actually happens, yeah. you know? Allegedly. Allegations. Allegedly happened. Unless sure. it's confirmed. Like. Confirmed and alleged. That's okay. what I'm saying. How about yep. that? Yep. All sorts of abuse can All happen. The <laughs> All the things. All the things, folks. <laughs> I am sleep deprived. But I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to get to the... I'm down with this rabbit hole. I really can't finish a story, it seems like. Um, but unless they someone is a part of that leadership, and oftentimes it seems to be board members, and those are the ones that can do the majority of the ostracizing of people in churches. Mm-hmm. Pastors oftentimes have to preach to appease those board members. Because God forbid you cross them... You're probably out of a job at that point. Yeah. Which is, I think it's such a messed up way that churches kind of are ran. I understand sort of why it's done. I just wish there was a better way than having board members bring on pastors because the pastor then has to appease the church no matter what. And if you cross those people, you will be out of a job. Well, it's sad to say, but it comes down to like private business it comes down to the money it comes out who's supporting us the most and appeasing those people yeah yeah i mean the the pastors have to appease to have to appease those board members because they're the ones approving salaries and that's all i think i saw well it also to back up just a second it also depends on the denomination okay a lot of the times anyway from my experience is certain denominations it's not only just the board, it's the presiding body. So if you're part of like the PCA USA or whatever the Presbyterians are calling, you're actually governed by the big people and then you have board members and the pastor. So there so if you're a pastor in under in the PCA, you're getting it from both sides. Yep. Yuck. Yep. What the AG I think is more independently, like yeah. each church is independent and it's board members and the pastor. But it also depends on that as well because uh, the church that we went to, I think he was a part of the board. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on how their governance is and the 
written laws or quote unquote. Well, one thing I, I saw on a Vice documentary, which was very interesting and a pretty good thing to point out, back in like uh, up until the early 1980s, uh, churches were split close to 50-50 down the political line. 50% were Democrats and 50% were Republicans. Back right. in, I mean, we'll say 79, just to draw a line of demarcation. And then after that, it started going more and more to the right because the left didn't feel as if they were going to be included. Oftentimes, though, pastors now have to preach things. Garbage. Sure. Garbage, <laughs> we'll say. Uh, garbage is probably a better way to put it. I was being too nice. They have to preach <laughs> things slash garbage uh, to a church that would appease a Republican-leaning mm -hmm. church no matter what. Even if you don't even agree with them, and there were pastors that were on there talking, saying, well, I have to appease them, because if I don't, I'm going to be without a job. My kid, I mean, I don't have any skills to do anything else. I've been doing this for 15 years or something. Yep. And I was like, oh, thank God I got out of ministry, because I couldn't function knowing that if I told the truth, I, I, I would probably have had a nervous breakdown, thinking that, oh, I just said the truth. Now I lost my job. I did the right thing, and now the church has turned on me. These people that I love and care for, ah! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was told to lie. Oof. Yeah. Um, basically, it was over something that I didn't believe in fully. Uh, I won't say what it was because it's too on the nose, and you would know exactly what I'm talking about. The but death I, penalty? Yes. <laughs> uh no uh it was one of their fringe beliefs that isn't really doctrine that is has become the thing oh yeah where uh women have to wear skirts no not that one no not that one. no women can't cut their hair no not that one men can't cut their beards no not that one tattoos are wrong no oh well <laughs> there goes my guesses it's a fundamental doctrine that this denomination has hmm. yes hmm. um and i didn't believe that it was really the thing and they told me you're an idiot and i was like but i have scripture at a point where i'm right and they basically claimed that i was a heretic so then i had to go to the pastor and be like here's what i believe and the pastor was like no i agree with you we'll figure this out but uh, i was also told to just lie just so you can do the ministry and i'm like oh this is where we're at now like, you you want me to compromise my morals or break one of the ten even to then so I could do ministry. Don't you feel bad, though, for that person who has to lie? I, I, I feel like they are really trying to do as much good as possible. I, I, well, it's such a sad thing, and I've we've talked about this a little bit before. Like, when you are a pastor or someone in church leadership and you have to lie to keep your job, that's ridiculous. Yeah. The church and the gospel should be the truth that we hold on to when you're telling people to lie. Fact. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a sad fact for sure. Yeah, and that's, you know, I said it. I don't know if we said it. Yeah, I did. That I will never go to a church again. Yeah, you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. And Say it one more time. I will never go to a church again. Now, if you ever do, I get to give you crap. Absolutely. Because you said it three times. Absolutely. And I, by the way, crap. I don't think it's a bad thing if you ever do go. I think it is because I feel so strongly against it. And so what I'm going to do is the thing that all cult leaders do is to start my own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Creed Bratton. We've been we, we've been rewatching The Office recently, <laughs> and Creed talked about, like, I've been a part of several cults. 
uh, both as a leader and a follower. I love his part where he's like, mm, you get to have more fun if you're a follower. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I don't know why that part of the, like, the whole spiel of Creed Bratton talking about. I, I so want to if I do the Sunday night group to wear aviators and serve Kool-Aid um, and syringes. D- you do realize <laughs> Kate would never come back. I know. That's yeah. why I won't do Yeah, it. Kate, you would be like, <laughs> I know your sense of humor. And I'd be like, he's just jacking around. If you did anything real. Yeah. Yeah, I would be like, oh. Tim's dead. We're just gonna <laughs> keep walking this way, never come back. But yeah, like, well, it's the same kind of sense of humor when we did our uh, one of the right before the pandemic hit. We had Corona beer and Chinese food. Oh, man. it's that same kind of yeah, yeah. We learned. We learned. Yeah, I remember. Um, <laughs> I remember all the hatred that people were giving co- Corona beers for whatever reason because people are dumb. Yeah, one hundred percent dumb. Like. And Chinese food, like, what? Well, and all, how about attacks on why people were attacking Chinese people, or Asian people, I should say. Right. That's the most ridiculous thing to me, too, because you know the average person there was like, not, not, not even the average person, every person in China, every person of Asian descent has suffered just as much as Caucasians, just as much as African Americans yep. from the coronavirus. Well, it's the same thing what happened right after 9-11 where people were attacking, uh, you know, cab drivers yep. because they were of certain descent. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, God, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know what's interesting, too, is I, I never – this is me probably living in some sort of, like, I don't know, um, you know, bubble. <laughs> I did not realize how much uh, – how – all the different racial attacks that had been had taken place on Asian Americans or Asians in general. I yeah. did not know that. And then I've been seeing all these statistics. I've been seeing these examples and it's blown me away. I really like, I don't know. I feel terrible. Like obviously I'm not trying to continue racial attacks on anybody, but to not know about it, I just kind of feel awful. There's a part of me that just feels absolutely terrible that I was, um, unintentionally uh negligent of that not negligent that's not the right ignorant word. ignorant I, that's the it had a g in it i just remember <laughs> that hard g i was trying to reach for that well i'll bring you to lie to the recent one is israel the israel palestine one people are yeah. attacking let's try to solve that here no oh, uh, i think, I think <laughs> two idiots one of them's very sleep deprived can do that uh i don't think so no. a, a war that's been going on for i don't know a millennia that's more fine more than that probably probably Jeez. But they're uh, uh, Americans specifically are attacking Jewish people and being anti-Semitic because of what's happening with Israel and Palestine. Yikes! Yep. Yikes. So Yikes. to bring you to light to that, so you're not ignorant. Yeah, I appreciate you telling me. I mean, I this <laughs> is a depressed cod podcast. Codcast. It's a cod. We it are is, the codcast. I no. think <laughs> we should call this one two drunk bros because we're not drunk at all. But we can't talk. What's funny is we used to do this for professionally. We got paid to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've done shows in front of a thousand people before uh-huh. doing sketch comedy, and I did not flub my lines. <laughs> but if I speak freely, God help me. <laughs> You're right. God help me. How many lessons in preaching have I done? Thousands, probably. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I might still have my old textbook that I had. Ooh. Might I have to go back and look at some of my books just to see? I, uh, I, I unfortunately lost all of mine. Oh yeah, with the fire, mm-hmm. dogs. I think I still have my uh, Ron. 
L. Ron Hubbard's Dianetics. Ooh. I took a Colts class. Nice. That was interesting. That should be a subject for the show. Colts? Yeah. We can dive into cult research. And I mean, I, I went to a, a Scientologist meeting once. <laughs> we, had, we had to go as a group. We had to get three or four people together and go to a cult meeting. That's awesome. For part, it was part research, and so we went on a Sunday to the uh, Scientologist um, building in Dallas. <laughs> God, I mean, it was weird. Like we get there, and the four of us are sitting together, and I was trying not to laugh because <laughs> when I get uncomfortable, I laugh. Oh gosh! And like uh, this one girl that was with us, she was the student body president, and a, just a very smart girl. And she was, I think she knew <laughs> that I was trying not to laugh. She's like, don't you laugh. Just you keep it together. I'm like, all right, I got it. I got it. I didn't have it. I was giggling. <laughs> but what they did was they kind of talked about all of the things that Scientology is doing. Like, uh, that, at the end, I remember, they gave us a tour of the place. Yep. And they talked about how um, they had developed curriculum that was taught in schools. And oh, one of the places that it was taught was in Spanish Lake, Missouri. And it took me two seconds to realize, oh, my God, that's in the St. Louis area. I was like, you've got to be kidding like me. That's literally where I work. Yeah. And that's where I, I don't know if it's still like that. And that might not have been true, but it was so sobering to me to hear that if they have that kind of poll, I am not excited <laughs> at all to, because I'm, I'm learning how much they have, how much power they have. Mm. It's awful. They also did this thing where it was like uh, the basics of auditing. So we got to see what that was like. It was in a group setting as well. And I remember there was this one guy leading it, and it was the four of us in there with this one younger guy. I'd say he was in his his mid to late 20s. And I will always – I don't know why. I'm always going to remember that guy because he was sitting there, and you could just tell he was searching for something. Mm -hmm. So he went there, and that's how cults get people. They get people who are looking for something. I always feel terrible for the people who are in them because at some point they were hurting people and the first people to find them were cults, a cult leader or, or another follower. And he was sitting in the back by himself. I almost wish I invited him up with us. Uh, maybe I should have, but I didn't. But there was also this guy who was part of the Scientologist group in Dallas and this older woman who was part of the Scientologist group in Dallas. And... They, this guy in the front was leading us through the auditing and he said, now imagine you are the floor. How does that make you feel? I'm like, all right, we're going there. We're going to a weird spot. <laughs> Everyone buckle up. This is going to suck, but we're oh going to get through it together. God. Don't laugh, Caleb. That's don't laugh. And, uh, he's like, how does that make you feel? And I remember the guy who was sitting in the audience with us kind of gave like this, double fist pump of like, mm, I don't like this. Hmm. <laughs> he said, now imagine someone walks over you as the floor. How does that make you feel? It's like, no, no, no. Structurally sound? We're, no, sure, that would have been a great perspective. Uh, I mean, if you're <clears throat> a floor, your job is to get walked on. I believe they were trying to make the, you say, you're not the floor, though. But you just told me I was. Because they were saying, now imagine you are the wall. How does that make you feel? And the, the tone changed. Support? Yeah, the tone was changing from you're the floor, you're being walked on. Mm-hmm. You're the wall, you're supporting the place. 
and I remember kind of like, all right, I'm starting to see how they kind of do some brainwashing here. See, and, I'm just breaking this all down in my head. It, like, that's completely illogical because if you're a floor, that's a – like, if you're an actual floor, that's a good thing because you are still supporting everything and your job is to get walked on. And it, it just falls apart for me. Yeah, really Tim, quickly. I think you made a mistake there. You're thinking that logic Logically. is going to come from a Scientologist. <laughs> Uh, you know, I needed to put on my, you know, new age hat or something. I mean, all you got to do is look up a little bit of L. Ron Hubbard and go, <laughs> you ain't going to get no logic there, dude. <laughs> dude was obsessed with boats, uh, thinking it was the 19 teens and you're riding steamboats everywhere. The world changed, L. Ron. <laughs> it's a different world. Goodness. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was interesting, actually. I, I'm, I'm glad I took that class. Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I didn't like the professor. He was super full of himself, oh, but man. the, uh. The, the class itself and the books, I actually kept those. So, you know. My highlight was taking women's self-defense. Why did you take women's self-defense? Didn't I'll, they just have self-defense? No, they only had women's self-defense. So, all right. Let's unpack <laughs> this together. Um, why did, what was it that drew you to the class? I needed a credit hour, and I had a block of time that I had open. And that was the only class? Yep. What time was this class? Uh, I want to say like 9 a.m. There was nothing else at 9 a.m. Nope. How? That's a pretty normal time for a class. Uh, not one that was only an hour, and I needed like one more credit hour, and it was only a credit hour. Were you the only guy in that class? Yeah, I had an email the professor and be like, hey, can I take your class? Because it is women's self-defense. And I was the dummy. <laughs> Um, you had to be the attacker in all of these situations. So I, mean, I, I was married at the time, and so I'm like, I didn't take this class to like be weird. Yeah, I just need the credit hour. You realize if you explain that, you are the weird guy. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, so 100. how did? So what did the professor say after you emailed him? Uh, so I knew a couple other guys who took the class before, <laughs> and they like recommended it to me. Like, if you need a credit <laughs> hour, just take it. The professor's really cool about it. So I was like, all right. So I emailed him. He was like, yeah, absolutely. Take it. And I need a, I need an extra pair of hands, basically. Okay. So, yeah, I was the dude attacking these women. <laughs> what? Did, okay. So what were the what was the, the lady's response to this? They, uh, you know, appreciated it. Oh, because okay. I'm, I'm an open person. Like, I'm not here to pick up any of you. I'm married. Here's my wedding ring. Like, yeah. I'm taking this for the credit hour. I'm here to help you. Yeah. And you guys can hit me and... So. Did you learn to fall pretty well? Um, I learned a lot of things, actually. I took a lot of things out of that class. All right. Hilarious stuff. Oh, like, Let's hear it. Like, in, uh, he taught these women basically in a rape scenario. I know, strong word. In a yeah. rape scenario, it's more about, um, oh, what's the right word? Not, like, to get away, but also, like, that sounds awful, but to prolong it. Like, the longer you can stay above the person or attacking or show fight, the guy will give up. Really? 100% of the time. Like, it's not 100% of the time, but most of the time, if you just show fight and put up a fight, they'll give up. Huh. So, he was teaching these women, like, you have to, a minute. All you need is a minute. So, do whatever you can in a minute, and usually the attacker backs off. Wow. He also said something like, you can't kick them in the balls. Because the attacker can sue you because then you get into reproduction system, 
Like, if you damage the guy's testicles, he can sue you because now he can't have kids anymore. Boo. And so he was saying, like, oh, if you go man. to, the, like, the side of the knee, you can buckle them. Like, if you kick them real hard inside the knee, you can buckle them. And there's a nerve spot in your neck that if you slap it hard enough, it'll just basically paralyze the guy for a couple minutes and drop him immediately. So he's told techniques like that, like put up a fight. Like, the final literally was him in full body suit, like padding, and was like, all you have to do is survive a minute and a half with me. And I'm going to put you on the ground, and I'm going to attack you, and all you have to do is put up a fight for a minute and a half. That was the final. Jeez. Uh, and it, it was it was a lot of information of just like how to properly defend yourself against an attacker. The creepiest one, and this is what sparked my brain because it felt weird because I'm a male, was basically creep on women at a mall to then analyze like how women don't protect themselves, like even a, like leaving their purse on a shopping cart, that kind of stuff, like. Or women holding their purse in their hand and not putting it over their shoulder because you can easily take the purse. That kind of stuff. So I'm being a creep on women in a mall. Huh. Yeah, just looking to protect yourself. Yeah. And it was a fascinating class. I would tell the one thing I would change that is, all right, hey, they might sue you, but they probably aren't going to win that lawsuit. Kick them in the dick. Kick them in the dick in the balls. They would win that how they're trying to rape someone uh, the same reason why if someone breaks into your home and injures themselves they can sue the homeowner well okay but if that they can sue but will they actually yeah. win that there, there has been cases like that where i the, feel like things have probably changed since that time frame maybe this was also like 10 plus years ago yeah i feel like those things had to have changed some a because it's a frivolous lawsuit those things if you don't try to break into someone's house all right you wouldn't get hurt if you weren't trying to rape someone, your left testicle would not be split into three parts right now. <laughs> right. So, sorry, creepy, creepy creep person. Well, Stop I, doing I, that. I totally agree with you, but he yeah. also had a point. Like, you know, there has been people that... Maybe a good thing he could have said them instead was, all right, apparently there's some really <laughs> crappy laws that if you <laughs> kick him in the testicles, he's not, he can sue you. I still think you should kick him in the balls... <laughs> And take the lawsuit. That's just me. You know, we live in a crappy world. We do, but you know, he also went through a whole bunch of other defense techniques and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. So, well, that, that's a very interesting class to say the least. Yeah, I remember I knocked this poor girl. On her ass. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Because I had one of those big pad things, and I was just supposed to shove, and the whole idea was to stay on the ground, and I just whoop! <laughs> I felt so bad. She like smaller. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. Or I I have told Kate that if we have a daughter, I'm wanting her to take jujitsu. He, he used a lot of those lessons. Really? Yeah. Because I feel like jujitsu is the ultimate neutralizer when it comes to size differences, mm -hmm. and women can probably do a lot better job choking a person out. I mean, unless we have a beast of a daughter, <laughs> I don't see her being able to knock a guy out with the right cross. So. Her learning how to be able to do, like, you know, a choke is probably going to be more beneficial. Probably. So that's my, it's been my thought of, all right, if we have a daughter, I'm putting her in some jujitsu classes. And if she chokes me out one day, I'll tell her I'm very proud of her. No, you can now date. No, I, I, well, I, another thing I said, I want to get a cannon. It doesn't have to be working. A cannon. If it does work, that's great. But I would put that 
in like kind of our garden in the front yard. <laughs> so it could just point at any and any guy that comes to pick up a daughter that I might have. Okay. I will All be right. digging a grave in front of that cannon. All right. To say, look at me. You get her home at this specified time, and I will put you in that hole if you don't. Do you understand me? It's about I'll do it. All right. Cool. And Kate's aware of that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Watch me have boys now just because I've had all these plans. So like, all right, if we have a daughter, we have to do this and this and this. If we have a boy, I'll be like, well, I'm screwed. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm in trouble. I'm going to get paid back. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Lots of wrestling stuff. You know. Oh, yeah. 100. We try to do a Randy Savage elbow drop when they're three. Yeah. I, I used to dive off of stuff all the time. I did, too. But, we, like, was, I don't know if you, like, you weren't, you're not the biggest sports guy, but did you have any sports heroes when you were, like, three? Uh, Not when I was three. I didn't get into hockey until, I don't know, I could watch, remember watching TV, like, well, five or six. Okay, who's your sports, first sports hero? Oh, probably Brett Hall. Okay, good choice. Mine was Greg Luganis. Who? Yeah. Greg Luganis was an Olympic diver. Weird. I know. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I don't know. It was it was Greg Luganis. I think uh, he just used to, he was a really good diver. Uh, he won a lot of gold medals. Uh, interesting guy overall. Um, it was him, and then it went to Bo Jackson and Brett the Hitman Hart. Okay. And Magic Johnson. Those are my my next heroes. All right. A lot yeah. of mine are hockey. Yeah. We I didn't know hockey until we moved. It's interesting. So I was three when we left Oklahoma City and moved to Pennsylvania. We were in between New York and Philadelphia. Those that's a hockey area. Yeah. Never played hockey at all until I moved here when I was like, I want to say eight, mm -hmm. I think. I knew nothing about hockey. And these kids, like the the neighborhood we lived in wasn't rough, but the kids were jerks. <laughs> Absolute jerks. And I I didn't know anything about hockey and they just treated me like trash. Oh, man. So like I I still but it taught me to love hockey. Okay. So All right. It was moving here that made me love hockey. So when the, the Blues won the Cup in nineteen, oh man, that was that was that was more important for me than the Cardinal World Series even. Yeah. So, just because it was like, oh, I can associate this game with St. Louis, mm -hmm. with my love of the city. I still love the Cardinals, but man, something about the Blues winning it in nineteen was incredible. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I was going through a hard time with hockey at that point. Really? Yeah. How so? I had just stopped playing. Really? In nineteen. Okay. Yeah. All the personal stuff that I was going through in 18, 19, and I just stopped playing, mm. and it really kind of bummed me out. Okay. So, you know. But I actually knew how to skate um, before I knew how to tie my shoes. Wow. Like uh, four or five. That's incredible. Yeah. I was mm. skating even on ice by the time I was six, seven. <laughs> I think my niece, uh, my youngest niece, uh, she was probably on ice first time she was like two or three. Wow. Yeah. Because wow. my sister played hockey into college at Lindenwood. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then her her dad played, uh, I believe it was semi-pro hockey. Wow. So he, he was actually really good. Uh, he actually just passed away mm -hmm. um, last month. Okay. Of a drug overdose. Yes, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I might have talked about it last time maybe maybe i've heard it from either you or your sister yeah yeah so he, um but he was a really good hockey player come to find out though it, this is uh another interesting thing 
that I watched a documentary recently on the opioid ec- epidemic that's happened in America with all of these you know pill farms that we had in our country. Yep. This guy was one of them. He got hurt playing hockey, mm. which got him hooked on oxy. Oh. He got on that, and then of course he wanted more. I believe started doing heroin, and I think started transporting it across borders. Jeez. Uh, yeah, that's a federal offense. You got in trouble for that one, obviously. Yeah. Can't really get that off your record or find a good job. So I think he got just more and more depressed, and then yeah. relapsed and got into meth, mm. and that's what killed him. So jeez, that drug, man, jeez. And I actually have you ever tried oxys? Nope. I have. Mm. Yeah, when I had my kidney stone. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so they, I remember, like, the doctor just prescribed it like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. This was 07, I believe. I think they still prescribe it. I don't think they do it as much, because it's getting more regulated. Okay, good. Um, But I just remember the doc prescribing it like it was nothing, mm-hmm. and I started taking them, and I was like, this, it, you, it does feel fun. It's a fun feel. And after I finished up my prescription... I started looking around the house for more. Oh, and wow. I, I remember finding some at my, uh, it was my sister and brother-in-law's. I took those. And then not long after, I'm like, I think I have a problem. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't go past that. Right. But I do remember that feeling of, I want more. And I could not control it. Right. And then getting off of it, I swelled up. I gained a bunch of weight. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's scary stuff. It is scary stuff. I mean, part of the reason why I stopped playing, I wasn't in the mental uh, capacity to do so because my life was kind of melting down at that point mm-hmm. but i was also taking like three or four aleve right before or aspirin right before i'd play every game because my knee was just in pain yeah um and i was like this isn't doing anything anymore yeah so if i keep going what could happen yeah um so yeah it was part of the mental my mental game wasn't there and my knee and then even resting throughout 19 and 20, my knee uh, has been a lot better. Um, I went on a two walks yesterday uh, with a, my workout plan. Uh, I walked like eight miles, basically. And my knee is sore today. Mm. Um, it's age, man. It is, it is age, but also I've had knee problems for a long time. Mm. A long time. It turns out when you play hockey, like, all of your life... Uh, there's some f- effects to that. Yeah, I'm sure. So, you know, and I played roller hockey. I started playing street hockey, you know, oh, when I was a kid. And I didn't really start playing um, competitively until college when I met some people. And then um, a little after college, I started playing in line on a competitive league. So I've been playing, you know, forever. You know, close to 20 years Mm. competitively. Um, And it just has, and I'm not like a professional athlete where I'm getting the proper nutrition (laughs) or the physical training or the rehab or whatnot. And I only used to play like once a week. And it just takes a toll on your body. And I'm a smaller guy, and especially when I got in the ice, and these people are like, you know, 6'5", 500 pounds. <laughs> and they hit me, and I'm horizontal on the ice, yeah. you know, flying through the air and crashing into the boards. That's not good on your body. No. Turns out, so I have a lot of lower body problems. Mm. Yeah, yeah, my hip, my back, my knees. I mean, I've got a bunch of concussions, so. Yay. Yeah. I only have two. Good. Yeah. I don't wish those on anyone. I've so. only had two mild ones. Yeah. Uh 
not like I lost memory or anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't wish concussions on. I, I'm gonna take it back. If you're a jerk and you cut me <laughs> off today on my way over here, you know who you are. I was getting on at K and the page extension, and you're a jerk. You drive a Jeep Cherokee. You're a douchebag, okay? You had a backwards hat, and I think you weren't paying attention to your kid in the back, so screw you. Uh, I'm good. You cut me off. So that person I might wish a mild concussion on, you know. <laughs> but I remember uh, it was like right before I moved to moved back to St. Louis in 16, and my buddy uh, decided to get us tickets to, or he had tickets to go see Hannibal Burris. Okay. I love Hannibal. Hannibal's so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were at this show. It was in Chicago, uh, and I believe at the Chicago Theater. And, oh, my God, Hannibal had this great joke where he talked about, um, he's like, man, I can't do the Olympics. It's like, oh, you're going to swim and then get to the other side and swim over there. Uh, Whatever. I need sports that have, like, real consequences. Like, you're going to tackle me. And you're going to make me kill my kids in the future because of concussions. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, oh, like we all just it was a collective like, oh, my God. And you just see Hannibal standing on the stage and he just laughs. Good night, everybody. Like pretending like he was going to walk off. Oh, my God. That was one of the best jokes. I did not expect that either because he lulls you to sleep, mm-hmm. lulls you down. To, I don't like that. I don't like this game because it's stupid. Because I want you to, I want people that are going to kill themselves later. So you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and the punchline hits. It was just like a wave over the crowd. It was brilliant. So I don't know why I always remember that show. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> it sounds like it's it. Like the, it was the last show I saw in Chicago before I moved back. Oh. Yeah. But uh, I don't think I've been to a stand up show since moving back here. I was supposed to go see Tom Segura uh, with oh. Kate. Oh, yeah. But I had to work late that night, so she just took mm. my sister instead. So, oh, oh which, well. yeah, it stinks. I bought the tickets, but <laughs> whatever. We need to go to an AEW show when it comes into town. Dude, I heard they're, they're going to have a pay per view. They're going to have a pay per view here Ooh. in November. Ooh. Which I'm like, well, I guess I'll go to that. Yeah. So It'll probably be at the family arena. Uh, No, it's apparently going to be at Chaffetz. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been in that arena. Oh, well. For a very unfortunate reason. A funeral? No. Worse. Why? Worse. Uh, the mega church that I went to decided to have everyone oh. in the church. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like a mega church kind no, of no, feeling. No, no. I'm, so. I'm joking. I just have bad memories at the shape. I get it. <laughs> I mean, a little hey. bit of PTSD. When a mega church says, hey, let's rent out a stadium yeah, yeah, yeah. to hold our church service, it's like, all I right. I get it. I've had a bad experience at, you know, <laughs> Enterprise where I was at the worst loss in Blues history. Okay. But I'm going to bury that one because, like, oh, I'll go back. Right. I'm so. surprised they didn't do it at the family arena. Uh, I think Chaffetz is. It's a nicer facility for sure. It is. So when I was working for the uh, uh, the county, I got to walk around the family arena. Mm. It's not bad. And the people who run it are good people, but it just hasn't had the updates that it really needs. Well, because so, well, whatever ran- team was there abandoning it. Well, it's also and it's owned by the county. They can't invest uh, tons of money in it. Mm, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. I saw Weird Al there a couple of times. I believe it. Yeah, I believe. Have you that. ever been to a Weird Al show? No. Oh, you should. Uh, I'd check it out if it was free. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I I realized this. <clears throat> not a Weird Al fan. No, I like Weird Al. Okay. I don't want to pay for concerts. Fair. Because, all right. So we were talking about System of a Down, 
Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. was listening to them on the way over. I would not go see System of a Down live. I don't like the crowds. I don't want to be around a mosh pit. I don't want to be around a bunch of screaming people. I would rather chill at a show. <laughs> I would rather go see Tony Bennett. I would so, go sit and just watch him croon on stage and fly me to the moon. I can't sing the lyrics. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <coughs> I would rather see that than see a bunch of like idiots moshing around, so doing, being you, idiots. You would like a Weird Al concert. It is so chill. Um, uh, let me put it this way: like, there's all seating. There's no like standing. That'd be all right. Like even the floor, it's mm. chairs. All right. And he intera- if you're on the floor, he interacts with the crowd because he, like, walks around on the floor mm. and he'll gyrate you or something <laughs> because it's Weird Al. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a very chill show. I mean, think of Weird Al fans. They're probably yeah. either our age or older. They're not ones. And Weird Al doesn't have mosh pit music. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to go to a hip-hop concert either, even though I like hip-hop. I wouldn't want to go to a pop show. I don't want to go to a country show. I don't want to be where anywhere where the music isn't the center of attention. I feel like if I go to any of those concerts, they're yeah. not going for the show. They're going uh, to experience something and be a part of it. I don't want to be a part of anything. I want to see what they're doing. Well, I, I think you just had bad experiences. Have you always been on the floor? Uh, no, not always. I remember I saw Metallica. Uh, which was a fantastic show. What year? I, what year? What year? Uh, it was the Summer Sanitarium at the what TWA year? Dome. What year? I'm trying to remember. What was was it 2004? Might have been 04. Because I went to that one. Uh, I was on some part of the dome there. Yeah, I was too. in the seats. And and me too. I, yeah, I, it was on. So that, Was it like Limp Bizkit was there? Yeah, Lincoln Park? Yep. Deftones? Yep. Yeah, I and went to that show. Was it Mudvayne? I know a whole lot of topless women. I didn't see that. Uh, oh, I went with God. My gr- it was everywhere. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> I went to... Oh, flashing. A lot of flashing. I believe it. <laughs> uh, I remember we got there like halfway through Mudvayne. I'm like, oh, they're pretty cool. And then Deftones was great. Lincoln Park put on a nice show. Limp Biscuit. I was like, I'm over this. We can get past this real fast. And then Metallica was great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was up in the... I, I would be up in... Typically, I always go for... The seats. The seats. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't want to deal with people. Yeah, it's annoying to me. Although I will say, I went to the uh, when I went to Cornerstone, Flatfoot Fifty Six is. Uh, if you don't know them, folks, look them up. They're a lot of fun. They're an Irish punk band, and they had the best show. And I was on the floor for that. Ooh. But I'm too old for that now. But they right. they they would do. They'd say, "All right, everyone, we want you to get into two rows. You know, one side or the other. If you're in the pit, split up." And then they would go, all right, when we kick off, I want you to do the Braveheart on the count of three, but take care of each other. And then the, the crowd would just oh, collapse man. into each other oh. and smash in. And it was incredible. I didn't join that. No. And then, you know, there were these tent poles in there. And they said, all right, we want you to do a figure eight around the tent poles. And so they would do that. It was great. And then what else? They had a guy on the stage who was dressed up like the Chicago Bears super fans from the <laughs> SNL and uh-huh. grilling Polish sausage <laughs> on the stage. And then he would throw it out into the crowd. Oh, my God. Yeah, what else? There were all kinds. Oh, the best part, I thought, was um, they they were playing. On, they had a mandolin player. And he would play. And they would get everyone in the crowd to get into lines. Uh-huh. And you would take a karate stance. And then they would go. 
everybody was kung fu fighting and everyone would go and throw a punch something about fast as lightning I think they would just do that for you know 45 Jeez. seconds it was a ton of fun um so that was that was the last time i probably felt like i had fun at a concert being on the floor yeah um i got burnt out on going to concerts mm. probably because the old church that we went to ran a venue out of our church and so and it was really kind of popular which is hilarious uh, that we ran this venue that was popular out of our church because we actually paid bands. Yeah. Uh, and I just got burnt out because it was like every Friday I was going to yeah. a really crappy local band show. I can tell you the last time, w- the I can tell you when I got burnt out too. Mm-hmm. I was, it was at a show in Dallas. It was at this crappy little place. Yeah. And it was some sort of thrash metal thing. Mm-hmm. I went, <laughs> I remember this. It was not my idea to go to this. Uh, my friend Dante wanted to go. Mm-hmm. He's black. We took this guy Frankie, who was Hispanic. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go, and it was me, the one white kid. So the three of us went, and they wanted to go, but they wanted to take a white guy with them in case <laughs> things got bad. I'm like, all right, this is funny. Let's go. We're there, and it's people are going nuts. Like I remember seeing some guy too with like a swastika. Good. I'm like, Good. guys, we should probably leave. I don't want to be. Here. They're like, no, no, we want to see this. We want like. I could tell they just wanted to experience it. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll stick around. I saw a couch in the back. So I just sat on the couch, oh. just chilling there. And I think Dante and Frankie went to go look at, like, merch or something. They they were making friends. They were doing fine. And then all of a sudden, the pits got out of hand. Like, we just saw fights happening. Oh, and I'm like, man. I don't like this. And so I get the idea, go, Frankie, Dante, get over here. And so I told them to pick up the couch with me. So we picked it up and carried it into the pit, and then just put it down and sat down there. And the pit died. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was Good. like, yeah, I'm sick of this. And like, I think it was the second to last song of that band, but we totally killed their vibe. But they were encouraging a lot of like the fighting and stuff. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I don't like it. And that was, I do remember that. That was the last time I felt like being down with the action. Mm, right. It's like, I just want to kill the action now. <laughs> Yeah, like in my teens and early 20s, I went to a lot of local music stuff around town. And yeah, it's the thing you do when you're younger. Yeah. Or if you're just, you know, really into music. Because I haven't even really gone to, like, a big show. The Summer Sanitarium 2004, and then the next year they came back, and it was, like, Godsmack and Metallica, and I went to that show. That would have been fun. It was okay. Yeah. Um, they had a rotating stage, so it was, like, a big circle in the middle, and they just kind of gradually rotated around. It was weird. Okay. Um, but other than that, like I didn't go to a lot of bigger shows. It was always local shows. I did see Finch at a bigger venue. Um, and I was on the floor in the mosh pit and that got awful. Um, not that I was a part of the pit, but just even being on the floor and the pushing and shoving. So then you have like someone basically sticking their dick in your butt the entire time because you're just so close to each other and you're like, this is comfortable. Not, yeah. Um, oh, I just had it. What was the last show I went to? I don't remember. I just lost my mind. Oh, the Ho Ho Show when the point did the Ho Ho Show, and that was an incredible concert. It was like, uh, Cake and Jimmy World. With Jimmy World is like one of my favorite bands. Jimmy they, World is pretty cool. Um, so that was a really good show, mm. and we stayed not on the floor, but kind of behind the floor, 
And that was just a good show to go to. I, I believe it that there's good shows out there, and I'm sure music people, you know, you guys think I'm absolutely crazy for you know, not we're enjoying just concerts. Old men. Yeah, but I, I'll go to comedy shows. Yeah. I love going to see improv. I like going to theater. I will go see a musical or a play. That sounds way better to me. Because I think it's more, I want to be entertained by what's up there. Mm-hmm. I don't care about I, anyone else I'm, sitting I'm, out I'm here. taking you to a Weird Al show. All right, maybe I'll go. You want to buy the tickets? If you buy the AEW tickets. Dude, I those are going to be way more. <laughs> no. It depends. Weird Al I, shows are like 100 bucks. Well, yeah, I would say, well, okay. And it also enough. depends on when he comes in town, so... Fair enough. I was we'll split th- the AEW and I'll take we'll the Jordan. Pro- all right. Uh, I was going to say, with a- an AEW. I th- we got to sit ringside if we go to an AEW. Those, no, that's a lot of money. Well, th- it depends. No, if it's a pay per view, that's a lot of money. I don't know how AEW tickets are. I, I don't think they're WWE prices. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be much less. Okay. Well. So it might be pretty pricey. And it, I mean, I would be down for it for sure. I, the last pay per view I guess I went to wrestling wise was WrestleMania. In Dallas, which was not a good WrestleMania. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> Everyone hated it. I bet they're only a couple hundred bucks, 200 bucks a ticket, ringside. I mean, we'll see. I, got, I mean, I'm planning a big vacay. I mean, I might be. That's true. That's I true. might be out of the country if it's in November. So, Out of the country in November? Yeah, because the Chris Crindle Marts start uh, like a little bit before Thanksgiving. We plan on leaving Black Friday. Uh, so we have that day to travel. Have they announced when the when the show is a AEW show? I don't know that. We'll, okay. have to, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I'll just look it up now. Well, no, right. actually, they haven't announced it. They haven't. Okay, this we just, just know that r- they're coming. It's a big rumor. Like most places have almost confirmed it that it's going to be here. Okay, I think it's fully loaded. I think that's what it's called. All right, that doesn't sound right. What full gear? Full gear. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll figure it out when we get there. Yes, we will. Yeah, I'm excited. So we want to wrap this one up? Sure. All right. Well, I, we're, how about we wrap it up like we did last time, just talk about one thing that we're thankful for real quick. Okay. Uh, you know, one thing I'm really thankful for is um, just the support I've had from my wife. Uh, I talked about how, how difficult it was to talk about Metzer and his passing. Um, and then also just I had a full-blown anxiety attack on Thursday. It had been a long time since I'd had one of those. Yeah. And Kate, she's she's had a rough year so far, but she's really proven that she's a fighter and, and she's working through it. But just to have her there for me, um, yeah, that meant a lot. I didn't think I'd ever get married. I didn't think anyone would want me. Somehow I found that, so I'm I'm pretty lucky and thankful for that. That's awesome. Thanks. That's really cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, reach out. Yeah, I you, will. you you have me. I know. Uh, I'll, I'll it, cuddle with you. That's fine. Well, I don't want cuddling. When mm-hmm. I have an anxiety attack, heck no. That's uh, right. Physical touch is less of it for me. It's like words of affirmation. How about if better. I wear uh, a teddy bear costume? That, I, I would not like that. Okay. First of all, I'm, I'm not a furry. <laughs> that ain't going to work for me. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> words of <laughs> affirmation, man. That's where I go. All right. All right. See, I'm physical touch. So all right. that makes sense. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, a lot of things. Uh, my job, uh, I- as much as I complain about it, it still allows me to do what I need to do. And I'm gonna. Be, this is gonna sound braggadocious, but just my knowledge of things. Uh, when my computer imploded, it would have been really easy to be really frustrated and angry about that. But to realize, oh, I do have you know savings that I can spend this money on, and I do know how to do this. 
And so it sounds braggadocious. Oh, I'm thankful for myself and my brain. But it's more of the experience I've had and just my hobby and being thankful that I can do it and not get into a place of, oh, my God, my computer broke. And I'm so depressed and angry. You didn't let it get it down. You got past it. Yeah. Yeah. That's toughness. Well, life is good. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I've lost a lot of data. Whatever. Who cares? It's just data. You got your life. You got your healthier. Yeah. Life's better. Life is better. That's awesome, man. I'm incredibly thankful for that and just the people that um, are surrounding me and supporting the podcast. It's been fun this whole year. Um, People listening to me. uh, So I'm thankful for that. Shout out to Jason Benny for listening, man. (laughs) Shout out. Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you so much for listening and uh, talk to you guys next time. Tim, love you, man. Love you too. Take care. And I love you.